coming up from beneath Breaking out like great white sharks at a Cape Town beach Polaris breach, I don't preach, just don't got no filter You wouldn't understand the family tree that I'm built from I am Groove, I am Kunta and Roots I'm Footloose, dancing in one Gucci boot I'm the truth, no dispute Ain't interested in doing songs with you washed up sidekicks Fuck them, forget them, treat them like a side bitch and switch Get off of my dick, E. coli's what I Spit commits murder when he go live One, two, like three, four, five That's a math bar Back when niggas you call me Saxar Your Padre, Pichi through Madre No complete through Sabe That's all day in broad day Came a long way like money shot On one wheel, make the slingshot bunny hop Kinko's 3D printer making a funny Glock Ghost gun, it's a rap nigga mummy not Welcome to episode 54 of We Going and Presents. Today, my guest is Raskast, and this interview was so great that we broke it into two parts so that you could fully digest everything we talked about. In this first part, we talk about his new project, Soul on Ice 2, and what it was like making that. We also talk about the tragic passing of Kobe and much, much more. Stay tuned later in the week for part two. And of course, as always, all the links are on wegoingin.com. Raskast, man, it's great to hear your voice and great to have you on We Going and Presents. So, First off, man, just how's your week going so far, and thanks for doing this. Oh, man. Thanks, Will. Thanks for having me. And week, uh, eventful, uh, hectic, but in a good way. So, yeah, um, um, I, like to, I like to be proactive. So it's been, it's been a proactive week. That's great. And, I mean, it's hard to believe at this point that it's been over two weeks since Kobe's tragic passing. You know, how have you processed that, and what have been your thoughts, really, and just seeing the tributes um, and seeing just how he's been treated the past couple of weeks. I, you know, these are bittersweet to me. Um, it's bittersweet to me because I, I did a post and it's actually a picture of, of, of he and I. And uh, he was always such a, for one, just personally, and this is why I'm trying to say it's bittersweet. I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, for for one, every time I saw him, man, he's like, uh, he knew my name. He knew who I was. Obviously, I knew who he was. Uh, uh, him and his, I, I don't know if his brother or his home, but always super love. Like, Brad, you dope. Like, I'm thanks, bro. Like, always show me super love. So he's such a, you know, a lot of times people attain their success, and they don't, they should be nice people. But they don't have to be nice people. And I can honestly say he was always nice, man. Just really nice. Nice dude. And and he didn't really do, you know, obviously Kobe had a plan about his life. You know, he wasn't my best friend or anything. But, you know, dude got married pretty young. You know what I'm saying? To be on top of the world. And he had a plan and, 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 and had good instincts, obviously. You know, so I always look, because he wasn't like in the club, like a lot of us actors and musicians he was on his family shitting on his ball and like, you know, and, and, and to see, you know, somebody kind of have their mind made up when the temptations start hitting, um, you know, it's surprising because most of us, you know, I, you know, I'm not trying to throw everybody business out, but, you know, me and Keenan and Kale and all of us, you know, and Onyx and we all used, you know, we'd all be at the house parties and popping off and, you know, whatever. So, you know, I just wanted to say that about him just as a human being, you know, from my experiences with him. I just thought he was a really focused, nice person and you rarely meet that in this in in the entertainment industry and so i always thought that of him just like a really cool guy with that being said um you know personally my loss uh 
to miss, you know, to, to you know, I just think the world loses a really genuine good person. Um, but with that being said, you know, we all lose people, and, and sometimes I don't like how much we we idolize. You know, I, I, Kobe knew my name, and, and I'm not – I don't want this to come out the wrong way. He knew my name. He may not have known all the people that loved him and appreciate what he did by name, but I'm sure he appreciated that. But on the, on the, on the, on the other side of that, um, you know, he lost a daughter too. And, and there were other people on that airplane and we have to, and there were other people that died that day all around the world. And we need to, we need to start valuing all life and not putting some things on a, on a, on a pedestal. And that's the bittersweetness of it is that I kind of got over not because I'm mad that people are celebrating Kobe, but there's other people, you know, there's human beings on this planet and their lives are valid too and valuable and we should mourn all of them. And I just think us as a society, we need to do better. So it's not to diminish, you know, Kobe, but, um, you know, it's to, to, to build up all of us. So I hope that answers it. No, I, I think that's a, that's a great it's a great, you know, response and a, and a great perspective and way of, of looking at that, you know. Um, so looking at Soul on Ice too, you know, the last time we spoke, you were in the process of actually making it. You just were talking about like what an exhausting process it was going through and trying to make Soul on Ice two exactly what you wanted it to be. So now that you've yeah. done that, you know, did you did you do what you wanted? Did, did it come out the way that you wanted it to come out? I can honestly say, um, well, now I'm I'm stepped I'm away from it now, so I haven't really uh, like I was immersed in it, and initially when it came out and listening to it and analyzing it and then be, you know playing it for people and or getting the response, I think I did, man. I mean, I, I my initial feeling is like I said what I wanted to say, like this is. It, it was I was it was very daunting and and challenging and and, and you know you know, scary to try to do a, a a part two but it wasn't really about being a part two it was about inventory taking inventory for about twenty five years of my life and and how much things haven't really changed and some things got worse for me and you know and then some things are better you know just you know it was looking in the mirror personally about my life, my, you know, where I am spiritually, emotionally, financially, career-wise, having to, having to take those hard looks and analyze them, and then looking at society after 25 years and saying, what, is it better or worse? And, and so I did that, man. And, uh, you know, my, my, initial, my initial feeling is people rarely can pull off the part two and, you know, because of the people around me helping me make the vision, it, it really is, it's, it's what I wanted. It's, it's, you know, every single person really, you know, I heard CeeLo on that record, man. And, and, and he did the record and I heard Snoop Dogg on that record and then Snoop killed it. And, you know, and I, I wanted Justice League, you know, particular, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Rick Ross's and Drake's uh, um, um, 
Aston Martin music. I used to just fucking play it, like, literally on repeat. My, everybody will tell you, like, they'd be like, I'm sick of that song. It wasn't even a single. I just, it, I, that song resonated with me. And, uh, you know, to, I wanted one of those Justice League records like that. Like, I want one of those. And they fucking gave me a sick one. I was, and I got to be Razzcaz on it and take it the direction I wanted to. And um, Everlast. And just every single person that I asked to be a part of, um, saw the vision and, and Styles P and just everybody, Green Lantern and you know, like even with the Green Lantern record, I was trying to go a different direction with Green and he called me like, no, I'm gonna send you a beat. This is what I want you to do. I mean, because we had did like two or three other songs and they were fun and they were cool records. He was like, no, I want to hear you on this. And it was dope to have people take charge and have that vision for me and, and help me hone where I was trying to go. Um, to make what I was trying to make. And uh, I'm really blessed about that. I'm very grateful that every single person that um, mixed the record or, you know, put scratches on the shit, and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever capacity, man, because it came out what I wanted. I, you know, I wish, you know, you know, we, we live in a, in a very, you know, media driven, you know, it creates the hype and the wave. I didn't have that part of my machine. I wish I had the, you know, the Interscope machine or the, you know, the, you know, whatever machine to, to get the awareness out more. But, you know, we did, we, we, you know, we, we are doing the best we can because basically there's a grand reopening on the album. We have more content dropping a video for uh silver anniversary in a couple of days so we're gonna just keep giving the content i just wish i had you know the machine that other people get because that creates all the the hype and all of a sudden it's all this hoopla i i still think i have the best album of this year and last year i don't give a fuck who you name i i content subject matter uh 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 period Period. We have it's we have a it's a more in depth dealing with multiple things. It's not a one trick pony album. Um, um, yeah, we did a great job. No, I would agree, and I mean the guest lineup that you're talking about was incredible. And so I'm curious, thinking about Soul on Ice versus Soul on Ice Two, and you know you're thinking about then and now. You know, how have your network and, and the people that you're around, how has that changed over the past 25 years? It really hasn't. It, pro it probably reduced. I was just very shy and I didn't know people. And so, you know, I, you know, I have regret. I think I even told this to uh, Chris Rivers, to, to Big Pun's son, like, his dad was super, you know, in the way I was saying Kobe, like, really gracious and nice to me, man. Really a good human being to me, Big Pun was. And more than once was like, you dope. Like, I rhyme with you. And opening that invitation to me, but I was so shy and so in awe of him, I didn't take the next step to just say, bro, let's do that. In my heart, in my brain, but I was like, oh, I don't want to be a groupie. I, you know, and so I have that, those regrets of not, at least saying, hey, man, like, you know, that that was big pun offering me. I mean, fuck, I should have. I mean, I wish, you know. I mean, I'm lucky enough I rhymed with him. You know, we sat in in, in his booth and just drank Hennessy and rhymed together. And that's special to me. But I, it would also be awesome to have that be tangible on a record that we did, you know. Um, I, I think, I, you know, because, again, this is a business that is still hype. I have my respect. I've always had my respect. 
But when I had that machine, it, it, it is a motivator. And then you have money behind you. You know, it's nice to be able to grease the wheel and say, you know what? Don't worry about it, bro. Like, you know, I'm going a, I'm to, a, I'm a, you know, fly you out and put you in a hotel. And I want to record the song because we have a budget for that. You know, um, I don't have those things. I'm very grateful and humbled by the fact that I don't have those things. And Snoop Dogg, CeeLo, every producer, I don't want to just name the, the known artist. Every person took the time where I didn't have a big budget to grease the, you know, to grease the wheels. Um, and I'm looking forward to being able to be, and to some degree, with, you know, with, with more success. To find, because we all want to get paid. Uh, as a small appreciation token of what we do. So I, I can't wait to be able to improve that again. I think with the machine, I was in a, I was too shy. And now without the machine, it, 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 it motivated me to come out of my shell. And I can't wait to, to make that perfect and already be on my shell and have the machine that me and my team create where, you know, whether on some tech nine shit in my perfect world where we're independent, we're doing our thing, but we still got great budgets and we want to pay all our people. No. And, and, and I think what's, what's crazy too, is you think about having the machine, you know, as a, as a young guy versus now like having the respect and the reputation without the machine, what do you, which one do you think gets you further? The machine and maybe not having that the, the huge reputation or having the body of work, the respect, and like just that network you've built over the years. Like, which one do you think? Double sided sword. Um, you know, I, th- those are the things that got Feral Monch and Most Def and Eminem in common and the roots where they are. They had both. They had the talent and they had a machine behind them. And that's why they are still in Nas and, you know, whoever. That's, you know, you need to have both is the best thing. Uh, obviously, if I'm talentless, I would want the machine because you, this is not, this, this business is not driven by talent. It's driven by business. They can tell you, they, they'll, they'll convince you whatever's good. They'll keep ramming it down your throat on the radio or, you know, now on YouTube or Spotify, or whatever. They're going to be added to the playlist. You know, we we know this shit is all rigged. I mean, shit, the fucking Grammy lady just came out and, you know, told you that again. But, <clears throat> um, no, I, 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 I would rather have my talent because it was survivable. And if I didn't have the talent, um, I mean, you know, the machine will get you far really fast. Um, you just got to save your money because you may not get another shot at it and it'll eat you up, like it'll chew you up and spit you out. You know, if you piss somebody off, that's what the machine, it, it will turn off the water on you or it, or they have a changing of who's in power and then you, you get shelved because they don't, whoever's in charge has no vested interest in, in your success. So people get deaded and their careers just get halted. And so if you don't have any talent, you are strictly just a cog in their machine. You know, when, when they switch out who's driving the car, he may change those tires and, 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 and then you're gone. So I, I wouldn't want to be that. I, I like having the talent, um, but I would definitely, you know, I wish I would have had both because that's the way to, that's the, that's what, you know, Wu-Tang got. They had somebody that had enough vision, you know, loud music. And that's who Pun had. And that's who, you know, again, that's who Nas and, you know, most deaf, they had people that understood. They had a machine that 
wanted to see them succeed and they had the talent that, you know, once again, Eminem, Dr. Dre, you know, whatever. And is it just, you know, I, I don't know, to me it seems like there's just not as many machines that are actually out there anymore. I mean, do you feel like, like those labels that are really pushing artists, I mean, are they just kind of moving away from hip hop or are there just not as many out there as there used to be, like in terms of like really making strong pushes? Um, there's only a few labels. Uh, their agenda has shifted. It has shifted a long time ago um, uh, to, you know, trap music, uh, less uh, informed music. Um, their, their target audience, they successfully raised it for the past 10 years. So that 13-year-old girl is now, actually more than 10 years, but that 13-year-old that girl from back in the day in 2005 is, you know, yeah, you know, she's 28, 30, you know what I mean? And, and so they're trapped out. They're trained to like a certain kind of music. No doubt. We so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I was just saying... Uh, that's the, 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 mach, the machine that's set up, especially the American machine is not interested. And in, it, it was, it when 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 rebellious and intelligent rap music was making money, they were interested in destroying that. So that was the introduction of more commercial friendlier music. So they, that machine was intentionally, shifting what people want you know what people were trained to to listen to and like and consider uh consider to be the successful music it's not like people are picking what they like per se they're picking what you like you you, you have a little bit of selection but you definitely don't have election it's <laughs> a great point so, there yeah you have a limited selection, but you are not electing. You don't get to pick the, the talent. They're telling you, these are your options. You don't like this. And it's all pretty much going to sound about the same. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, there aren't any machines here, but there's a big world out there. I, I'm going to put this out in the universe. I keep saying, fuck, all these goddamn Saudi princesses, motherfuckers, don't you... Nigga, put some, you know, shit, sign some lyrical people, you know, that's how you go. like all of them got a fucking oil money. It's a drop of the bucket to put out good rap music. Somebody, I mean, you know, shit, I don't know. We need other outlets other than Hollywood, you know, or these companies, because they're not interested in, in supporting good music. They're interested in and creating a status quo, uh, 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 unfortunately, of really dumbed down music. And I and I keep using this equation. The target demographic for pop music, which is trap now, rap music, um, is literally the 13-year-old girl because she has uh, disposable income. Preferably because who has more disposable income? White. So you're talking about a 13-year-old white girl. And I don't want to make music for a 13-year-old white girl. I just think it's kind of creepy. It's kind of rapey. It's kind of pedophilic to, to, to talk and listen to the music that these people make and how they gyrate their bodies. They're making little, little nasty songs for little girls. I don't want to make that. 
And, and, and I think I'm a better person for that. I'd rather talk to men and women and talk about social issues, not make little things and make little girls want to dance because I don't hang out with little girls. I shouldn't be hanging out with little girls. I'm a grown-up. I'm a man. And I'd rather much not hear that music myself, too, so I appreciate you for that, too. <laughs> well, and I think there's a lot of pressure when you look at making a sequel to an album and it's something, you know, OC and I have talked about a lot because he's, he's been asked, you know, all the time, you know, about a word, word life sequel and, you know, guys like Raekwon, I think have pulled it off, you know, um, oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. there's been some ones that, you know, not everyone has made an only bill for Cuban links too that has lived up to the hype. I mean, there's been a lot of, of flops as well. So, what kind of pressure did you feel going Soul on Ice two versus any other title? Well, honestly, I was working on a totally different album, and as I was taking inventory of what I was naturally uh, making, it just it just I just came to the realization that I was making this other album anyway. I was making solo lines too, subconsciously. When did you realize make- I'm sorry, go ahead. When did you realize it? Um, probably around the time when I would talk to you. And I was like, you know what? But I don't think I had committed to making the album yet. I was just like, I'm, it's frustrating me because I think I'm making that album. I think I was kind of there when I, you know, about two years ago or whatever that was. I didn't really just kind of say, you know what? Yeah, it was, about, it was about around that time when I was just like, I'm making this. This is what I'm doing. Meanwhile, I'm making this other thing too. I'm trying to make this other thing, but I keep doing these songs that don't fit the thing that I'm trying to do. So I'm just, I should just focus up and do what innately I feel like making. And that, and I, what I felt like making was an analytical look at myself over my past 25 years and my journey. Um, I think it got realer just because I was just, you know, people were dying, you know, uh, you know, um, that, you know, not, you know, Nipsey died after my album, but just people, I was like, you know, I was just thinking like, Pac will never be able to look back and Biggie won't be able to look back and pun and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And, and especially with Nipsey, like he didn't get to have 10 years of his journey in the music industry. You know, um, I have lower expectations for a lot of these younger artists because they do a lot of drugs. So I expect them to die. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be crude or make a joke out of it. I don't, I don't say that lightly, but I do because I understand that if you do, you know, a lot of oxys and cocaine and blunts and liquor, then you're probably going to kill yourself because that's what happened with, um, the 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 screw music DJ, he the person that created screw music. You can't drink that lean; it fucks with your heart. <laughs> so I have, uh, you know, but but with with that being said, with with all these other legendary artists, you know, whatever, you know, a lot of them will never get it. Some did never get it. They they never got a chance to celebrate ten years. Whether for better or for worse, wherever my career is at today, I'm not the most popular person. I'm totally underpaid but I'm still blessed and allowed to do what I love after 25 years. And if nothing else, um, I wanted to send a, a thank you and a, a, I love you to the culture that gave me that opportunity. So that, that in and of itself was, was the catalyst to make Solonites too. 
And in Grammy speech, you talk about just being underrated and how people's perceptions and misconceptions um, are still swirling around you. And you, you talk about, you know, f- starting with Soul on Ice and, and Nature of the Threat. Do you feel like your reputation precedes you still to this day? Uh, to, to some degree, um, me and uh, a few of my friends are still talking about, you know, you know, Puff, Puff has reinvented itself and Nas has been nasty and then Oz Escobar. Um, there have been, there were industry people, uh, my own label that tried to create a very bad negative narrative of me and a friend of mine who's a, a manager, he manages my, well, rest in peace, Prodigy, but he used to manage my beat, now he manages Havoc my man storm and he's known me for a long time he's like he, it was funny because he was just happened to be in town and we all got up a few of us and he was like you know what's so funny but motherfucker smutted you and would try to make you you know the bad guy like you were and i was like yeah, i've never been a, it's just that power and executives don't like you know it, it's uppity it's that whole it's kind of racial you know, but I think it's even really, you know, beyond beyond racial, it's just power structure. I'm an executive. You're a stupid artist. You don't know anything. And so when you have an opinion and, and besides just I'm happy to be here, tell me what, what vine is swing on and I'll do whatever you tell me to do because I'm a fucking idiot and I need to be thankful for this just to be here, you know, then, then they get offended. And, and um, you know, I, I understood that dynamic. Um, I, I once explained it to the owner of my company that, you know, I I, I sat at, at you know, Brian Turner. I went in his office and I said, uh, you know, everybody else comes in here and they smoke blunts and they bring their homies and drink 40 ounces and shit. You know, I come in here, you know, with my music and, and, and sit in a meeting and play the things and try to get feedback because I just want to do a good job. I really, you know, I'm happy to be here. But why, why, why do I get disrespected? But if I came in here with the goons, would you respect that more? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you that that is what you would rather me do as a black man? Like, why? Why do I? I I I I don't want to do that at my job. I I, I signed this record contract to do my job, not to fucking drink forties and fucking. I don't. But you show them more respect than you show me, and so. I think he was, you know, to his credit, he he always, we would talk and he'd be like, you're right, Raz, and da 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 But it didn't translate all the way down. It was a lot of executives that hated me because I wasn't a fucking a, a circus clown. And they didn't like the fact that I had a fucking opinion. Or, you know, they couldn't just talk past me or whatever. And then he created a, a narrative, you know, the fuck, a bit of a fucked up narrative sometimes. I mean... I've earned some of, you know, some of the things I've done, but I've definitely been earned, like, literally having to work with a, with a producer and then the producer comes out and says, dude, you're super dope and easy to work with. Why did they tell me you were a problem? Like, if, if you go out putting that saw, you know, people react towards that and they start reading into it. And so, you know, it was just fucked up. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't change that narrative unless I have enough power to change it. I don't have, I don't have the power that those people had to create that narrative in the first place. I can do one person at a time, but can I just get up in a meeting and with super execs and, you know, trendsetters and say, he's a problem, you know, fuck him. <clears throat> no, you know, if, if Jay-Z or Eminem sign me, yeah, I'll have that power. Cause then they'll say, no, he's a great guy. 
And he reaches a lot of people way big, way faster than others. No, it's something that I've, I've I've taught you know my students, and it's something that has come up a lot. It's like when you're looking at racist stereotypes or racist narratives, it takes power to create that counter narrative to actually change the story. And and how, how do you see yourself taking back that power today, so that you can create the story of who you are and you're not being held? I don't. I don't have an answer, bro. I really don't. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but. I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't. I, I like I said, it's one person at a time. It's you know, until I'm fighting to, to for my legacy. You know, I, these people do top fifty MCs and they're like radio hosts of the biggest radio stations and and, and will add people that don't even write their own raps and discount me. So I'm fighting for my legacy as best I can. You know, it's strength in numbers, it's strength in money. You know, shit. I don't have neither, you know, I don't have the money today. I'm not saying I won't have it, but I don't have it today. And, and that's all this is, is a popularity contest. Um, I did a song with uh, Terminology. He wanted me to hop on this record. I, it was, you know, your top 50 list. That he, he did a song, Fuck Your Top 50 List, and he asked me to do it too. And I was like, yeah. And I allude to that, you know. At, you know, the rappers are going to, rappers are political. So if I'm up and coming and you ask me who's the best rapper I'm gonna mention everybody that's popular right now because I wanna do songs with them so I can get more popular that's what they're gonna do um and then the the industry people the, you know the radio guy or the Rolling Stones dude the magazine guy they have their list of who they like and who they have a rapport with they're gonna say they're gonna mention their their people so you never really there's there's no uh, regimented real reason to judge who the best star because it's not baseball it's not basketball where it's like no he scored these many points no he did he had these many fights and he won them this is all subjective and it's unfortunately extremely it's still racist and it's extremely political and it's so many assholes opinions is what I meant opinions are like assholes. So, so many assholes farting. They all think they, and, and, and who they like is going to be who they tell the world to pay attention to. So it's unregimented. It's just the wild, wild west of races, groupies, uh, 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 and, and, and people that have a political agenda about whatever they're promoting. So it destroys the art. Yeah, and I would totally agree with you, too, with everything you're saying, and until I got the hip hop game, I had no idea just how political everything was. And then you start, you know, when I started paying attention to who's getting featured, like, you know, in double XL freshman uh, classes, and then what labels are buying the ads, and then coincidentally, right. their artist is featured, or, you know, who's getting a special section and who's who's paying for ad money, you know, and, and keeping the website, you know, online. I mean, it's it's rampant. It, 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 it's it's very the art suffers um i uh you know i don't have the answer to those things and, I, and to be perfectly honest i hate to be i don't want to talk about this shit but i'm not the one doing it so it's it's like i'm i have to call the elephant in the room because the elephants are sitting all over me anyway Everybody else where the elephants, you know, they're like feeding the elephants. 
but the elephant's like sitting on me and shitting on me. And I'm just like, well, well, bro, there's a lot of elephants in this room. I'm not doing it. You keep bringing in the elephant. And then I'm the bad guy for talking about the elephant. And that's a really whack place to be. Honestly, you know, like I, it's, it's literally, you know, it's literally the person in the, in the elevator looking at you because it stinks. And it's like, I didn't fart. You farted. You're trying. And you're looking at me like I farted. You farted, bro. Because it's just me and you in here. And I know what came out of my body. Nothing. But it smelled like shit when I walked in here. You did it. So, you know, people are just fucked up. And nobody wants to go to bed and be the, the you know, the, the, the bad guy at the, at, at when they after they, you know, get out of the shower and brush their teeth and lay down. They're, you know, they're like, I'm a good guy. Like, no, you're not really, man. You're like, you, you, you're part of the problem. And and and, and so, unfortunately, I, this is not unique to me. I'm not the only person that that says these things. Um, I, I have some degree of a reputation for it, but that's not even the totality of what I talk about. I talk about all kinds of stuff. It's just somebody was successful at branding me as being, you know, you know, the, the, the angry guy that, you know, whatever, I don't know, whatever, but you know, I, I can't change everybody. All I can do is be the best me I can be Try to enjoy my days and fight for what, I, for what I love and what I believe in. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do, you know, no doubt. And, you know, you also talk about how you and Exhibit squashed the beef and you addressed the, you know, the perceptions you said where, where people were spreading rumors about you being an alcoholic. You know, how important was it for you to address those issues as well on So On Ice too? Uh, it's just because, you know, people that know me know me. And then, but there's so many people that don't know me that, may know of my music or know of, of of a reputation that you know wasn't earned that you know shit let's let's get to it you know like it would be times in a studio where people would be like you know like what are you talking about yeah like people in the studio would be like are you kidding me like Raz plays hard because he works hard like Raz is done first he got his version he did two verses then he went to the store of all of us and he having fun because he can what are you talking about Raz is gonna work. That is, you know, and that's dope. That some of the greatest, you know, premieres gonna tell you like Raz get busy. He gonna do his shit. You know, every, every producer, artist, they're gonna tell you. But then it's these outsiders, these execs, or a radio person, or a fan that's that's gotten this misinformation, and they're trying to paint me with it. And I gotta kind of, you know, put on the raincoat. Like, bro, you're not putting that on me. That's not the jacket I wear. You don't know me. You don't know what I do. And, and I want to address those things. Like, you, you know, and, and and especially with the Grammy stuff, you know, and, and, and again, Oscars and all these things. It's, 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 it's a whole bunch of people that were lucky enough to, for whatever reason, either they were total trained pet animals to get into that scene. But most of the time, you know, some people are extremely talented. I don't want to negate the talent of some people. Some people are less talented. But one of the bigger things is that you have to be malleable a lot of times to get to that point. And, you know, um, I don't know how malleable I want to be. I'm not a, I don't want to be on your captain couch. I, you know, I... I, I, I I, I'm a, I'm I'm happier. I'd I'd be happier, and still to this day, my goal is a is a gang star, 
gang star career. That's all I ever really wanted. I I want to just go go, have my core fan base grow that a little bit. I don't need the four million records sold because at some point, this shit's fake. These people don't love you. They just honor whatever's popular, and you're the new thing. I I just I want consistency. I want that, you know. And and, and so I've done the consistent part. I just uh, I still needed a machine to. You know, I had a machine working literally against me, trying to kill me and pulling my records off of radio. That's what Capital Party Records was doing to me. They were intentionally harming me. So, and then I harmed myself by, you know, being in prison and all that stuff. So I'm not going to give them all the credit. I, I did a good job at getting frustrated and fucking myself up too. But, you know, now I just have to work from, from where that is and, uh, you know, make the music I, I, I make and be the human I am. You know, I, I think I've, Stared all my demons in the face, and um, some, you know, whatever was true, I've tried to correct, and whatever wasn't true, I don't, I don't let it apply, I'm, you know, and I try to address it in the music, and just to say, you know, it's not true, and then, and and I'm gonna remain being me, and this is me. So that that's really what you know those songs were about, is it, letting people like whatever I am, I tried to be honest about that in in this album. And what it wasn't true, I try to be honest about that in, in, in the album. To say after twenty five years, yes, I'm still there. After twenty five years, that still ain't true. You know? And uh and, and it was good to be able to do some self analyzation. Uh, you know, to, to be honest with myself. And uh, you know, I was I was afraid to I was afraid to look in there because I didn't know what I was gonna think about myself. To be perfectly honest, you know, I'm definitely disappointed that I'm still working, you know, five times as hard and getting 20 times less than my peers. Of course, of course. But I had, you know, but I looked in there and I had to deal with that. How do you feel about that? Like, oh, that sucks. But I still love what I do and I'm thankful for the, for the opportunity to still do it. And look what Snoop Dogg did for me. So, you know, you know, it was even with the negative parts, I, I was able to on this album to say, wow, man. He okay with fuck, man. I sent this brother this record, and this brother, it, wow, how blessed. Green Lantern, he like, nope, you got to do this record, Raz. He a and He pulled some big brother, dope producer shit and said, nope, I got the right beat. You don't rhyme over that. And I'm, you know, that's a blessing, man. I'm totally geeked about that. It, the, the good outweighed the bad, <laughs> honestly. And I think really what makes Solo Nice too. <laughs> really stand out to me and what, what I love about it and, and it stays in rotation is those honest moments where you really are soul searching and really looking in the mirror because I feel like that's something that a lot of artists can say they do but that doesn't necessarily mean that they do it and I think you definitely did it here thank you thank you also you talked about how guys like Vinnie Paz held you down when you were on the run and you look at songs like Rise of the Machines the Jedi Mind Tricks track that, you know, yeah, I, th- I uh-huh. think, you know, still is, is such a classic to this day. You know, how important, you know, when you look back, were guys like Vinny Paz when things weren't going well for you, but they're still saying like, you know, Raz, I want to work with you. Like, let's let's do this. Oh, man, you know, uh, I didn't know them back then. So I've gotten to know, you know, Stoop and Vinny, you know, a lot more recent, more recently in the past, you know, five, six years. So. Um, it makes it that much more for me. I get a lot more appreciative 
because they 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 support and believe in my talent. Um, you know, as they were making their way and doing doing their thing and becoming legendary, you know, they fucked with me and uh and didn't really know me as a person. So as we get to know each other, I'm like, man, y'all really good dudes, man. Like, you know, and, and, and Chino too. I knew Chino, you know, but it's just really, you know, it was really dope, man. I, I just very, it just makes you, again, the, the good outweighs the bad. And, and, you know, you know, for me, it makes me very appreciative. Um, you know, a, you know, again, a lot of people don't get to be around for 25 years of their, you know, to celebrate. Um, honestly, I, I don't, you know, if I make it another 25 years, I'm definitely doing another solo my three because it fucked that. It's, it's the least I can do to be thankful for the journey. You know, I don't know where I'll be in 20, you know, in 25 fucking years of the old ass dude, but I'm going to get my bars off. I'm going to say what the fuck I need to say. I obviously probably won't be talking about, hope I ain't talking about the same shit, but you know, I, I mean, it's just, if nothing else, Look, if if the Grammys ain't gonna ain't gonna celebrate me or the so-called BT Hip Hop Awards, then I'm gonna celebrate myself. I'm thankful to to hip hop for giving me this opportunity. So I'll I'll just do that, and and I'll thank the people that have you know have have come to the table to 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 help me on my journey. You know, I'm very grateful to them. You know, I, uh, like I said, the names and the no name people. You know, I'll, you know, or what not. I don't even want to say it that way the more famous people and the less famous people because everybody got a name, everybody special. Right, no doubt. And, you know, thinking back to just, you know, the other people that have looked out for you, Wise P just came out. You know, he's been gone for a little bit and released uh-huh. a really great project with Static Selector. Yeah. And, you know, you, yeah. you talk about him on the album too. You know, Wise P kept me fed. Uh, you know, what's your relationship like with Wise? And, and you know... I don't like that guy. No. <laughs> now, why is my friend? Why I met Wise through Jay Z and Bi, like literally in 1997 or something. So Wise has been my friend for a long fucking time. Uh, um, I I probably I probably talked to Wise the day yesterday, day before yesterday. We, we always talk. So I'm proud of him um, for for making great music. I hit him. I I, I think I told him, you know my top three because I think it's only like seven songs on it or whatever but I, you know, like, I was like yo you went in on this like he, you know why you wrong that motherfucker is dope so yeah man uh, um, yeah he's my brother uh, um, he's a jerk <laughs> I'm sure he would call me a jerk too uh, but no that's my bro bro man I'm, um, I, I'm loving the music I, uh, I love uh, I'm very thankful and appreciative of Static because, you know, obviously we've known each other for a long time. And I actually met Static through Wise. And I just, you know, and this is before Wise went to, you know, went to prison. So I just, I'm really appreciative of Static for, you know, being a real homie and making sure he still, you know, he, you know, he could have got on some Hollywood shit and, you know, turned his back on him after he went to prison. But Static's been a, a buck. He's a buck dude, man. And he's, you know... You know, any person that, that, that has that kind of integrity for my homies is, is, is my homie, too. That's great. And, yeah, Chinchilla is a great project, too. Love that project and, and what he's doing. It's great to have him back. Mm-hmm. So Shark Week, you know, you look at that song, 
you talk in the intro how you're going to rhyme over the three-fourth time signature, not the 4-4. Where did that idea come from, and how hard was that to pull off? Uh, surprisingly easy. Um, <laughs> surprisingly easy. Um, no, uh, the idea, I had that idea in 97. And I told it to Dr. Dre. And uh, I remember he was like, yo, that would be crazy. Um, but we were still, we weren't digital yet. So we were still dealing with two-inch reels. He was like, how would you do that? I was like, I don't know, but I, I want to do it. And, uh, you know, and that was kind of the end of it. We did, you know, did Rap Assassination and, you know, you know, bless, you know, bless my heart, everybody who was involved in that album. But I didn't get around to doing the three, four time record. And uh, fast forward, I wrote, I want to say about seven years ago, I wrote the Street Four Time record and it was fucking sick. But in my process of life, just through my journey, I lose shit and I lost that notebook. So I remember going through my notebooks. I'm like, where is that three, four time rhyme? And um, I could not find it. So I was pretty sad about that. Um, then I forgot about it again. And then, um, yeah, on this album, once I committed to doing Solo Nights 2, I, I, you know, and just thinking of my journey and my path, it, I, I got reminded at some point, like, yo, I never did the three, four time record. And, you know, everybody, you know, again, you know, a lot of people get credit for being so, you know, so uh, uh, cutting edge and creative and they're not. And I'm just like, you know, and even still, man, you know, I, I mean, if Kendrick Lamar or so and so or so and so would have did that record, everybody would be going ape shit. It win all kind of awards. So I just know this shit is fake. You understand what I'm saying? This shit is hype. But I did it and I burned it down and the record's ill and it's grimy. Um and it's lyrical. Just the first five bars are sick and I know people don't catch it. And um uh, you know, I'm just thankful, you know, to again. When, when, and if I'm ever able to be on a debate stage about who's better, I have plausible reasons about why I'm better than whoever you think is good. <laughs> and so that just for me, I'm like another one in my notch of my belt. Because any MC that hears this is gonna be like, "What just happened there?" Like that got different, and it, and the bars as well. Like, yeah. You know, and, and you know, I, this is a friendly competition in rap. Like, you know, I don't hate any of the, you know, the MCs. I, I'm not jealous of them, but do I think I'm just as good or better? Fuck yeah, because I didn't come here to be in second place. I think I'm better than Eminem. I think I'm better than Nas. I think I'm better than Jay Z. Um, and there's, some, I'm sure they're supposed to say they're better than me because that's no disrespect. That's just what we. If you came in to be in second place, you're a fucking moron. I didn't come here to be in second place. I came here to be in first place. I think I'm better than every rapper. Eminem, I think mine was better than his. I think I'm better than Eminem. I do. And I'm sure they think they're better than me. You know, some of them. <laughs> but, you know, that's what this is about. And I'm striving to prove it. I may not ever be able to prove it with my bank account, but this ain't, ain't called who got the bank account. This is called rap. 
This ain't, this ain't called who got more businesses, who sold the most records. This is called rapping. Can you rap better than me? Are your raps better than mine? If we take the beats away and the accolades, line for line, who's the better rapper? Did you talk about things? Were your metaphors? Uh, do, did you, what styles did you do? Okay, what styles did you do? Okay, oh, fast folks. Okay, well, there's quite a few people that, that that's their go-to, Tech Nines, Eminem's, Twister, you know, whatever. I, I've done it from time to time. That's one style. How many other styles do you got? I'm here for that. I'm here for that. That's the debate I'm on. Because honestly, you know, still technically, and this is no disrespect, but if we talk about who, you know, the, if we doing who got the money, then it's Puffy and Jay-Z and, and, and Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer and Eminem and, you know, okay, cool. And that's, the, if that's what we're arguing is who sold the, the biggest single. That shit corny. This shit ain't called biggest single. This shit called rap. 